This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Okay, so we're starting a, a new series this morning. You're invited to more. I just felt in this week uh, the Holy Spirit just lay this on my heart. Uh, <clears throat> we need to pursue that more. And uh, I, I was really felt uh, Ephesians speak to me, the book of Ephesians. It's just an epic, epic book. It's like, it's, it's, it's like a, a mountaintop book. It, it's, it, the, the book of Ephesians is an invitation to more. And uh, you know, over the last few days, I've just been experiencing the, the presence of God so beautifully. Even just the worship this morning was just like, oh, is there anything that can compare to the presence of God? Sure. It's nothing. It just, it just changes the atmosphere. God's presence changes us from the inside out. And, ah, oh, it's just amazing. Okay, so you've, uh, I want to, so we're going we're gonna to look at how to receive more. That's basically what we're going to do over this series. We're going to look at how can we receive that more, more of God, more of His presence, more of His grace, more of His goodness. And that's sort of what, ah, oh, that just, Something inside of me just drawing me to that more. Amen. You probably heard the saying, love at first sight. I want to say to you, when it comes to the Word of God, when you read the Word of God, it is love at first insight. Have you, have you read the Bible, the Word of God? Have you opened it and, and received fresh revelation? From those words, because that's love at first insight. When you start seeing things, when, when the words start to jump off the page, it begins to speak to you, it, it becomes a living book. It's like the never-ending story. You can read the same verse for the hundredth time, and it will speak something fresh to you. How's your heart? How's your hunger for the Word of God? It's not sufficient to receive your Word on a Sunday. You need to get into it. For yourself, you're just getting secondhand from me. I have firsthand revelation. You're getting secondhand. Secondhand's never as good as firsthand. Secondhand is just to inspire you to go for the firsthand. Amen. So God's word is powerful. It's a light. It's a light unto our feet. It directs us. It guides us. It guides us into the more. It's the word of God is also like a hammer, and it crushes. The works of darkness in our lives, it brings freedom to us. Now, why, why, are there, why, why are there so many people with depression in our society? Why are there so many people? I mean, I'm just amazed just in, in, in our school, where Vian's going to, to school, we're just hearing a, a person upon person that's wanting parents who want to commit suicide. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, it's just, I'm just amazed how many people are battling. And I was chatting to my mom this weekend, and we were talking about this. Has it changed over the last 30 years? Is it worse? It seems worse than 30 years ago. It seems worse than 50 years ago. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe we're just more aware. But there's something about the Word of God. When you're down, go into the Word. Read it. Proclaim it. Make it your own. And, and, and it, 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 it tends to crush those, those fears and negative thoughts and things that wants to pull you down. 
But the book of Ephesians, it's an invitation to more. It's an invitation to more. It's like when you read it, it's like you read one verse and it's like, okay, I need to read it again. I didn't get it. <laughs> I don't know if you've read Ephesians. It's like, whoa, dude, dude this deep, this deep. You know, Paul, the apostle, he wrote it and he was actually, he was in prison during the time that he wrote Ephesians, about 60 AD. And I'm like, Paul, how do you do this? How do you write this epic letter that invites us to the more and you are in jail. I mean, your surrounding says to you, don't have faith, don't have hope. God isn't with you. But God was with him. And he had a kingdom mindset that his surroundings does not determine his internal atmosphere. And so when you get the word of God in you, it changes things. Guys, we need to pursue the more. Dead religion satisfies no one. I've been saying this so many times. Our country has 80% of our Christianity is dead religion. And then those of us who feel we are beyond dead religion, guys, there's more. We're just scratching the surface. There is so much more. Come on, let's say it. Say more. More, there's more, but you need to pursue it. Something on the inside of you needs to, 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 to burn. Say, God, I want more of you. I want more of you. And so the book of Ephesians, just the, the first um, verse or two from the Passion Translation, just to get us into this. But the, the book of Ephesians is full of life, and its words reach higher in Christian thought than any letter in the New Testament. It is, it is that pinnacle uh, letter. That Paul wrote, it's full of living revelation, but it, it drips with anointing. But you need to get into it. You know, it's like uh, sometimes I, I read certain books and it feels like the Bible. Because you really need to get into it. You know, sometimes feel there's a bit of a, feels like there's a veil. There feels like there's a bit of a, a res, you know, it, it feels empty at first. It feels dry at first. Eh? Who's read the Bible and it's like, yeah, feels a little dry today. Come on. Honest people, and it feel, it's, and and I want, and, and then we often give up. And I want to encourage us: go deeper, continue reading. As you keep on reading, as you keep on reading it aloud, as you keep on proclaiming it over your life, as you keep on saying, "But that's me. This is for me." You'll find the dryness go away, and the presence of God come, and it, it comes alive. Amen. So my son is still going; he's still reading. He's gone beyond Genesis. He's now at Exodus 24. Yes. And I'm still praying for him. That I know Leviticus is coming. <laughs> so, but I must say, the Bible is not soft reading. Eh? I mean, he like asked me, Dad, what's that? I'm like, oh my word, that's like, it's hectic. Bible is hectic. Okay, it's not boring reading. Okay, but Ephesians, let's just get into it. Ephesians 1, verse 1 to 2, and it says, Dear friends, my name is Paul, and I was chosen by God to be an apostle of Jesus the Messiah. You know, and, and, and he, as he's, he's sharing there, he's saying, guys, I'm Paul, God chose me, and I'm an apostle. You know, it's the beauty of, of, of apostles. I believe they are still apostles these days, and I'll get into that in a bit now as well. But apostles and prophets, but there's something about an apostle that, that, that goes for the more, that creates an environment where the church can flourish. 
creates an environment. Paul, this whole letter, he's saying, guys, church, because this was a letter that was, was circulated to all the different churches. And it was, it was an invitation. He's, re, he's writing this. Dear friends, my name is Paul. I was chosen by God to stir you. That's what he was saying. Yeah, I want to stir you to the more. I want to stir you to pursue the all of God. An apostle of Jesus, the Messiah, I'm writing this letter to all the devoted believers who've been made holy by being one with Jesus, the anointed one. You've been made holy by being one with Jesus. You see, the holiness of Christ rubs off on us. And he's the anointed one. May God himself, the heavenly father of our Lord Jesus Christ, release grace over you and impart total well-being into your lives. Total well-being. Total well-being. It's not God's will for you, for me, for us to, to have to be on antidepressants, to have to battle with our peace or our joy. It's not his will. If you are on antidepressants, God loves you. No guilt, no condemnation. Sometimes you need to do it for a season, but it's not the long-term solution. God wants to heal your soul. He wants to make you whole on the inside out. Do not settle for the status quo. There is more. Amen. Come on, let's say it. There's more. There's more. And so he says here, the Father of our Lord Jesus, he wants to impart total well-being into your lives. That's what God wants to do. But you need to do something from your side. It's not as, you know, I can't, I, I need to come and receive what God has for me myself. We can do it together. We can pray for one another. We can support one another. But there's, I need to spend that time with Jesus and to come and receive that peace, that joy, and that capacity to live a victorious life. But you need to press in. You need to go for, for yourself. Now look at this verse 3. This is just epic. It says, everything, say everything. Everything heaven contains has already, say already, been lavished upon us as a love gift from our wonderful heavenly Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus, all because he sees us wrapped into Christ. So he's saying, everything you're dreaming about, I mean, beyond your imagination, beyond what you can think all, and that, I mean, that's what heaven represents. It's just all of that incredible, all of God, all of his riches, all of his spiritual blessings, everything who he is and what he has is made available to us already. It's yours. It's yours. It's been because you are connected to Christ, everything that belongs to Jesus is now yours. That's good news. You see, but sometimes we... We feel like, but um, why, why am I not experiencing it? Why am I not walking in the fullness of that? So imagine this for a moment. You, your loving heavenly father comes and uh, he takes you like Moses. Like Moses was taken onto the mountain and then he looked over the promised land just before he died. And God showed him the promised land. Now imagine... God the Father coming to you, he leads you up the hilltop, mountaintop, and he says to you, my son, my daughter, this, promised land, it's all yours. It's yours. It's yours. Go and receive it. Go and make it yours. 
go and possess it. So now you're like, yes, come on. It's mine. I have the promise. Woo-hoo. Now you run down the mountain and you go into the first sort of area of your land and you get the shock of your life. There is one massive giant there, a squatter from hell. Boom, right there. You're like, no way. You freak out and you run back up to the mountaintop. And you're up there on the top and you're like, I'm a survivor. No, you're more than, more than a survivor. You are, you, I am more, I'm more than a conqueror through Christ. You're on top of your mountaintop. And you, yes, I am victorious. I am a conqueror. But you never go down and go take your land. What have you possessed? You know that you find those Christians sometimes. How's it going? Blessed, brother. Yes. Who are you? I am a son of God. I am powerful. I am more than a conqueror. Yes. But they achieve zip. They do nothing. No lives are changed. The kingdom of God isn't coming. But they are on the mountaintop. Yes. Worship was great Sunday. And we go out the doors and we hide back there up the mountaintop. Too afraid to do anything. Why? Because we haven't faced the giant. So we need to take down those giants. It's already legally the land. Everything God has for legally it's yours. It's yours. God the Father, the creator of heaven and earth is saying, my son, it's yours. But now you need to go take it. So I, want, I have this my, picture in my mind's eye. If you look at the whole, your promised land, you can, if you look from like Google Earth from the top, you will see the name of God written over. You'll see like Jesus. The whole land, the whole land is a revelation of who God is. And every time you take a certain part of the land, you discover fresh revelation of who God is. But you need to go and take your land. And then I believe this, this is one of the keys. This is where the more comes in. There is a God, what I call the God quest, the, this passionate pursuit of more of God. That is the thing that will move you to take your land. Because what? I'm just after more of Jesus. I am passionately in love with God, and I just want more of Him, so I'm going to come. I want to see more of God. You know, so when you go into that certain part, and every part, every corner of your promised land, there are giants, there are opposition. They're standing there, and then you, you, you go there, and you, you stand, and you see this giant standing in front of you, this giant standing in front of you, this massive giant, and you're not looking at the giant, you're just looking over his shoulder. I'm looking for God. I'm looking for Jesus. I'm looking for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I'm looking for the God who created heaven and earth. And then you receive revelation and you see a massive giant, much bigger than that giant. And then his hand goes forth and he crushes the enemy under your feet. For the God of peace shall soon crush Satan under your feet. But all you're doing is like you're just looking for more of God. I'm just looking for more of God. I'm just wanting more of him. I want to see him. I want to see his goodness. I want to see his love. I want to see his joy. I want to see his peace. I want to experience him. Even like this morning in worship, just like, God, this is so amazing to be in your presence. That is the God quest. And then as you're taking your land, people might look and say, wow, you took so much of your land. And you're like, I did. I was just after more of God. 
That's just by the way. I saw a lot of people's lives changed and, and set free and who came to Christ and the kingdom came. That's awesome. But I, I'm just wanting more of Jesus. The God quest. How is that stirring on the inside of you? That passion for him. Because that's when life happens. That's when life is awesome. That is when, when you come alive, when you are living in his presence and in his peace. Every season, every part of the land we take is simply a quest for more of God. In every storm, in every challenge, in every miracle, in every breakthrough, look for more of God. And I, I've learned as well, every, that giant could be a storm. That giant can be your depression. That giant could be lack of finances. That giant could be whatever you are facing. And you must just look beyond the giant like, I'm, on, I'm, I'm after Jesus. I'm coming through, yeah, giant. <laughs> I'm after Jesus. No, I'm not going to hide away there at the back. No, I'm not going to give in to depression. I'm not going to give in to the lies of the enemy. I am, I'm coming for more of God. But you need to see Jesus. I've, I've experienced this in every season of my life. When I get this right, when I'm looking for more of God, then my trials and my tribulations and my challenges is simply an invitation for more of God. Come on. Go on, say more. More, more. You go for the more. Look beyond the giant to Jesus, and then you take that giant down. And the last time I checked also is that this... this uh, this promised land um, was taken by a devoted army. Uh, the Israelites took their promised land not as an individual, but as a team, as a, as a devoted army. Isn't it amazing that in the book of Deuteronomy, just before they entered the promised land, they, God didn't give them a whole lot of strategies, warfare strategies. He basically just said to them how to be, if you are devoted to me, to God, I will drive out the enemy. This is so amazing. When, when your heart is sold out for God, he fights for you. He steps in. He fights your battles for you. So many times we try to fight our battles in our own abilities. Man, I'm going to take this thing down. I'm going to overcome this, whatever it might be. The key is actually just, just more of God. The key is just more of his presence. I said a month or two ago, I felt the Lord say, if you prioritize my presence, I will promote you. Go for the more. Go for the more. There's an invitation to more. You know, so devoted army, but also the people of God are not just an army, they are family. The church is not just an army, but a family. We are soldiers for Christ, but we're also family. And we have a loving heavenly father who, who, who's into family. Never thought about it? Father God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. They, the God community, eternal fellowship in heaven. And now they are inviting each one of us to join their glorious fellowship. That, this God community, which is really special. Now, the book of Ephesians gives us strategies, profound truths in terms of how we can take our land. Profound truths of how we can have more of God. I mean, it's all legally been given to us, but now we need to receive it. God, how? We need to pursue the Lord. You see, when we possess spiritual realities, then we will possess earthly realities. 
When you shift the atmosphere on the inside of you, you're going to change the atmosphere around you. So many people say, God, only if I have a better environment at work, then, then I will praise you, Jesus. If you just take out that one guy, Lord, <laughs> take him out. <laughs> take him out, Lord, then I will praise you. No. I said it many times, the guy's the ticket to glory. He's your ticket to glory. First shift the atmosphere on the inside. Find your peace. Find your joy. Find the capacity to forgive. Find the ability to love well. And you will see as you change, your environment changes. So you must possess spiritual realities or internal realities if you want to possess natural realities. That's how it works. So we want to... Um, part of what we want to do, I wanna, uh, we, we want to upgrade the Ignite, our Ignite the City ministry. And we have a few people here in the front that's excited about this. So on Sunday mornings at 7.30, we pray next door for the service. And so what we want to do is we want to upgrade our Ignite the City to a once a month, big, bigger prayer meeting. The first Sunday of every month. At 7.30, we're going to be next door. We're going to have communion. We're going to worship. We're going to pray for the month. And then on that first Sunday of the month, 4 o'clock in the afternoon as well. Okay? For every, we will do every Sunday morning. We will have a prayer meeting. But this is the first week of every month. We want to be that devoted army to God. So in love with God. So passionate about Him that we're going to see this city impacted with the love of Jesus. So we're going to start off with a prayer meeting on a Sunday morning. And then this is the challenge, to do a prayer walk that week in your area, around your house, your work environment, wherever. We want to mobilize us as a church to go do a prayer walk that week. Amen. Can you? Who who can walk around the block? Who can walk around the block? Yes, some of you are not sure about it, but I tell you, you can. You can walk around the block. And you can worship Jesus. You can proclaim the name of Christ. So it's going to be like a, so it's a do a prayer walk, even if just around your house. Come on, you can do it. And then also we want to invite everybody to join us on Thursday, first Thursday evening of the, of the month. We're going to go to Freer Hospital. We're going to join the guys there. We're going to pray for people, sick people. And it is really easy because they, most of them are lying there alone and no one likes them, loves them, or is there for them, for many of them. So they, it's just really easy. Really, really easy to pray for people. Okay, but so we want to invite you to join us at least for that first Sunday. And, and now that I think about it, it is this coming Sunday. Yes, this coming Sunday is the first Sunday of October. Okay, so we want to invite you to join us because I believe there's what we see, I'll share about that in a moment, is that God is wanting to bring a unity. And often a unity is found in a place of prayer. How do we find more of God? More of God is found in more unity. More unity in spiritual community. More of God is found in unity and more of God is found in, in that unity, more unity in a spiritual community. Now, we see this in the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, the first chapter of Acts, 120 of the people came together, and they were praying for two weeks in the upper room. And it says in Acts chapter 2, they were in one accord. So Jesus worked for three years. He got a group of guys together. 
And they built relationships over three plus years. And then the group built to 500 people that saw Jesus ascend into heaven. 500 eyewitnesses. Then 120 of them went to an upper room, a prayer meeting, prayed for two weeks. And then God moved. But I believe something happened over those three years, obviously, relationship was developed amongst the, the guys and, the, and everybody that was involved. A, a, a love was established for one another in that group. And then they prayed, because I believe when we pray together, a unity begins to be established in our hearts. So God wants to establish a unity on every level. In your marriage, in your family, in your life group. In the church community, unity is key. If you want more of God, unity. Where there is division and strife, God cannot move. So God wants to establish a unity. Okay, so let's look at this. We tackle Ephesians 2, verses 18 to 22. We're just going to take it verse by verse. I just first want to read the full verses, and then we're going to take it verse by verse. It says, now all of us can come to the Father. Yo, that's good news. Say amen. All of us can Come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. Ah, You see, it's deep, deep stuff. So let me quickly break that open for you. Verse 18. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. The door is wide open. The door is wide open to what? To come to church, to be religious. No, the door is wide open to have an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ that will rock your world. That is the door that is wide open. You see, there are many, even Christians, believers, but they live like orphans outside in the streets, like street kids. When God wants to bring us into him, come to the Father, a loving Father. It says all can come. All can come. No, dad, dad, our heavenly dad isn't angry anymore, standing with a stick wanting to hit us over the head. He's not angry. He loves you and he's saying, come. Don't be an orphan anymore. Come, come. And God the Father is a family man. He's into family. So he's inviting us to come. You know, I've often found, I've often found myself in circumstances that are too big for me overwhelming for me, but I've never found circumstances too big for spiritual family. For me and Sonica and others together. But so many are walking on their own. On their own. You, you cannot find the more when you're walking on your own. You cannot. It's together pursuing God through prayer, through worship, through obedience and reaching out to others. But we need to when you say, God, I want, to be, I, want to, I want to be part of that. You see, when you're part of a community, spiritual family, uh, our, our personal victories becomes an inheritance that the whole community can receive. You see, if you've taken your part of the land, now that is an inheritance for everybody. You see, that's what I experienced in my own life, Sonica and me experienced. Every, every breakthrough 
we have is an open door for a whole lot of others. And even just for me, I, I, it was such a mission when I wrote my book, Increasing Heaven's Flow. I had so much opposition on multiple levels. It was a bit of a nightmare. I was like, oh, this is hard. You know, just opposition from people and to get it published and like, oh, come on, man. But now, now my wife comes along and it's just boom. I'm like, she is the Lord's favorite child. <laughs> it's just so amazing. I mean, a book is a loop, my goodness gracious. If you haven't received her book, Free to Be, you need to get it. It's wonderful. We're getting testimony upon testimony upon testimony from people all across the country that are, are really being touched by the book. Free to Be. But, but for me, it's like I, I, I had to fight <laughs> to get something done, and now my wife can just get into the slipstream. It's awesome. That's how it should be. But and so in the same way, but if you're walking on your own, you, you, you can't open the door for others. Well, your, your victories are, in a sense, pointless. It's just you. You had your victory, wonderful. But no one else is benefiting. But when you're part of a community, it is so much better. It's, look at verse 19. It says, so now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens Along with all of God's holy people, you are members of God's family. Isn't that beautiful? I want to speak this over you. If you've committed your life to Jesus, you're no longer a stranger. There's so many people that come to a church like, I know church is not a Sunday meeting. Church is us. Church is the community of believers living for Jesus. But there are so many believers who feel disconnected who feel not welcome, who feel like strangers, foreigners, aliens. You know, and I want to speak this over you today. You are no longer a stranger. You are no longer a foreigner. You are no, the moment you turn to, to, to your heavenly father through Jesus Christ, it's like something changes. When I originally became a, a, a Christian as a first-year student, I... I, I looked at the Christians, I'm like, man, they are weird. <laughs> they are so weird. And it took me a bit of a time to, to get into it, you know. It took me like six months plus to get to know people and get to love people. But it's, which I came from the outside. I didn't, have a, I didn't have any frame of reference for this. So it took me time to get involved and to make friends and it, it's, you can't just come to church on a Sunday once or twice or a month and think, man, that, that's not working. You need to keep on. You need to get involved. You need to go to a life group. You need to, to spend time with others. You get to love them and celebrate who they are. And then I think I became one of the weirdest of the bunch. It's funny how it goes. Passionate about a God that you cannot see. Isn't that weird? But he's more real to me than the chair you're sitting on. He's real. And he loves us. He loves us so much. But I believe there's an, there's an, there's an, there's, there's an evil force that's trying to disconnect people from church, community, from spiritual community, from family. Be aware. The enemy is knocking on your door, saying, oh, they're judging you. No, we're not. Because <laughs> we remember where we come from. <laughs> We were all stuff-ups. 
We all sinners saved by grace. How on earth can you judge somebody else for the stuff in their lives when we know, you know? But I think sometimes we forget where we come from. And yeah, then people do get judgmental. But not in this church, praise God. <laughs> Amen. But God wants us to remember where we come from because then we're going to love well. And we're going to have grace for others. The older I'm getting, the more I realize how much of God I need and how little I can do. You see, God wants to, you see, more of God is found in unity, spiritual community, unity, eh? community, community, community. I figured that out myself. <laughs> community. You cannot, you cannot have community without unity. You cannot have a healthy marriage without unity. You cannot have a wonderful family without unity. And I find with Sonic and me and with our son, Vian, the times when we worship together, when we pray together, man, unity. It's like we, our hearts are knitted together. And life is a whole lot more fun. Amen. The work of the devil is to divide. That's why our world is so messed up. Broken marriages, broken families, broken relationships between parents and children, broken churches, broken. The work of the Holy Spirit is to knit our hearts together. But it takes a bit of work. And especially when we pray together, when we worship together, God comes and he knits us together. You see, the Bible says that you and I, we are the body of Christ. So you might be the hand or the foot. Have you ever seen a hand disconnected from a body? First of all, it's gruesome and horrible. And secondly, it's dead. We need to be connected to community. And then we have victory together. We take our land together. And I see this every now and again. I'm seeing like, ah, oh, there goes a hand. <sighs> oh, there goes a foot. Bop, bop, bop. <laughs> and the result is spiritual stagnation. The disconnect. But when we're connected, there's spiritual life. You might thrive. You might survive outside of community, but you're not going to thrive. You're going to thrive when you, your life group becomes a not a, I have to go, but I want to go, man. I love these people. They are awesome. They are my friends. This rocks. That's amazing. Compared to, ah, my job, need to go to life group. No, man. I tell you, the moment you have relationship with people, everything becomes fun. It becomes joyful. So pursue that. Don't allow the enemy to disconnect you because of fear. Sometimes the enemy comes and he whispers in our ears in terms of fear. You know, it's amazing. You know, people that seem very confident on the outside, when you get closer and get closer, they're terrified of standing in a corner and no one speaking to them. Like, it's terrified of being alone. Being, you know, well, I spoke to this one girl. I don't know if you're here t- today, but at the, we had a, a bride at our house and, and she was invited to the ladies' retreat. And uh, so she's, she's like, she hasn't come, been to church. She came to the ladies' retreat, but she was up before the time saying, uh, are they going to ask me to like name all the books in the Bible or something? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> so I joked with her and said, okay, now, come on, Genesis. <laughs> no, man. Don't allow the whispering of the enemy to disconnect you. When God connects hearts, we experience more of God. More of God. That's how it works. It's awesome. The man who is intimate with God will never be intimidated by man. 
Amen. The man who is intimate with God will never be intimidated by man. So if you're being intimidated by man, maybe you're not as intimate with God as you think. Because when you're intimate with God, his love overwhelms you. You're just like, oh, you forget about yourself. Hey, can I love you? Can I spend time with you? Can I invest in you? You, you forget self. So pursue that. The man who's intimate with God, he doesn't know the intimidation of man. Amen. Verse 20. Together, say together. We are his house. We are his house, the Father's house. Together, we create an environment where God can reign. Together, when we love one another, care about one another. And it says, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. So it's saying the church of Jesus Christ is built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ being the cornerstone. So you could say, well, that's talking about the scriptures, the apostles and prophets, but I believe it doesn't necessarily speak of that. I speak of literally people, apostles and prophets that are in the church currently. And you see that over the years, you see an apostle comes along and he like John Wesley starts the Methodist church and he was on fire for God. And he had this drivenness to see many come to Christ. And then the Methodist church gets launched through the apostle. I believe Shofar was founded by an apostle. And, and so, as I said earlier, an, an apostle is somebody that is this, is, 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 is this drivenness to create an environment where more of God can come. Same with a prophet. The apostle and the prophet, they work together. And they, 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 they create an environment. And I believe when you lose those components, the apostolic component and the prophetic component, and you, then you just sit with, you know, teacher, pastor, and it sort of It just goes stagnating. The apostle and the prophet comes and says, guys, let's go for more of God. And so we see this in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 27 to 28. It says, now you are the body of Christ and members individually. And God has appointed these in the church. First, apostles. Second, prophets. Third, teachers. Then miracles, gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. So it's like God has appointed these different role players to create a church community where the kingdom of God can reign. You know, and if you, if you, if you and they say you don't necessarily need an apostle or a prophet in every church, but you need to have an apostle or a prophet in your life. So there are men and women of God all across the globe that are pursuing that more and they inspire and release fire into the rest of our hearts and lives to go for the more. But the point is God has designed his, the church community in a certain way. But when the apostles and the prophets are no more and we re- go down to just teachers and pastors who have a m- critical role to play in terms of breaking open the word and pastor, 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 pastors that, that create a, a relational environment they, they are critical role players and the evangelists to get people saved. But it's the prophets and the apostles that get us connected to heaven above to see God's kingdom come on earth. And so these men and women of God are, have, have received a special gift from the Lord, special grace from God to create a beautiful church. Amen. Okay, so it's just... So, so it says that you are the body of Christ, members individually, and God has appointed these in the church. 
And the cornerstone, as the previous verse, the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. So how is Jesus the cornerstone? Obviously, he's the everything, the center, the focus, the reason why we can come to the Father. But I want to highlight this one aspect of Jesus being the cornerstone. For three and a half years, Jesus spent face time with a group of men and women, and he invested in them. Jesus knew where this needs to go. So he was like, guys, this is life or death. Your relationships. The 12 of you and then the rest of you. Your relationships are life or death. How do I know this? Because at the end, just before Jesus ascended to heaven, he said to the guys, guys, as I have loved you, love one another. Sacrificially. As I've loved you, love one another. Because Jesus knew that the love in a community will create an environment. That unity will lead to the more of God. So that's my prayer for us. I'm saying, God, build a unity into us as a church. We have a great unity. My prayer is that every one of us, every couple here, every one of us would become part of that unity. And how, how, do we, how do we do that? I just want to give, quickly give a, 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 a few practical ways of how one can do that. But Jesus took nobody's second-rate members of society and made them first-rate world changers. That's what he did. He took these fishermen, uneducated, nobodies from a nowhere place called Galilee, and he took them and he built a community amongst them and he showed them how... And then they became the platform from which uh, uh, the city and the nation was mightily impacted. As I've loved you, now you love one another. So how are we going to have more of God? More of God is found in more unity. Unity in your marriage, unity in your family, unity in your life group, unity in the church. And more, this more unity is specifically found in spiritual community. But we need to pursue it. We need to make it our goal. Say, God, I know that if you would knit our hearts together and make us one, all things become possible. All things become possible. I mean, you feel it like on a Sunday morning when we worship together. You can feel the unity building. You can feel God knitting our hearts together. And then you sense his presence. Draw near. It's beautiful. So Acts 2 verse 41, it says, and this is the book beginning of this original revival that was launched by the apostles and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It says, that day, about 3,000 took him at his word. So Peter preached, Holy Spirit was poured out. Peter preached the word. 120 were united, one accord, praying together for just two weeks. I'm like, Lord, just two weeks. And it was God's timing. God poured out his spirit and the 120 in one day, went to 3,000. I have news for you, especially for all the people that, I want little church. God is not so much into little church. Because when God's in the house, people are drawn. That's how it works. You, if you have little church, then I want to say, well, is God really in the house? Because <laughs> if he's in the house, the town will come. The city will, will, will come. If they hear that God is in the house. So, 120 goes to 3,000, and they took him at his word, they were baptized, and they were signed up. In other words, they were like, guys, we are in for this revival. 
We are in for this community. And then it says, they committed themselves. Say committed. They committed themselves to the teaching of the apostles. That word committed also means continued. They continued in the teaching of the apostles. And they committed themselves to the life together, the common meal, which was communion, and the praise. The praise. Come on, say praise. Yes. <laughs> the praise. Because something happens when we pray together. And I feel that something when we pray together, yet at the start you can feel we're not that united yet. But the more we pray together, the more time we spend, the more God knits us together. And then, then you can see, you can feel mountains move. So they committed themselves. They they, they, they continued in the teaching of the apostles, the life together. Come on, say life together. That is our, our motto, life together. Life, the fullness of Christ together. And that word life together also in another translation speaks, it says fellowship. It's the word koinonia. It says, it speaks about sharing. It speaks about unity. It speaks about close association. It speaks of partnership. It speaks of participation. It speaks of communion, of fellowship, of contributory help. It speaks of the brotherhood. So koinonia is a, a unity brought about by the Holy Spirit that, that, that glues us to God and to one another. It's a supernatural something that God does in the heart. It's like Dion says, it's not, you know, you, someone comes and takes your money. <laughs> yeah, you will. No, it's like, man, I want to. I want to give. I want to serve. I want to love. I want to invest in somebody. I want to pour out my life for the sake of others. No one has to tell me to do it. I want to do it. So what does this speak of? Dif different parts. The one part says, speak of sharing. You know, mutual sharing. How, how do you get unity? Well, you humble yourself and you share your stuff, your weaknesses, your vulnerabilities. If you want this quick, quick tip, key to healthy relationship. Number one, humble yourself. You are not as awesome as you think. <laughs> okay, let's just get that out of the way. Okay, elephant is gone. <laughs> Number two, share from your heart, your stuff. Yes, it's a risk. It's a risk. Relationship is a risk, but it's a greater risk not to risk. You know, so it starts in a marriage, but with friends as well. If you want real relationship, if you want to break down the walls between people, you need to humble yourself and say, man, I am battling with this thing. Or, or just something like, hey, I'm angry at you. <laughs> I want to, I'm, I'm, let's deal with this thing. There's a wall between us. I, I want to sort this out. I want that heart-to-heart -heart connection. And when you have the heart-to-heart -heart connection, then life happens. That is a container that God can work with. A husband and wife united, I tell you, God's in the house. Parents and children united, man, God's in the house. Life group, guys, life groups where a group of believers get together and we seek more of God. Man, I tell you, when there's hearts being knitted together and then turning to God, God's going to be in the house. But you need to pursue it and keep on pursuing it until you experience it. Don't give up. 
So it also speaks of partnership. Let's do this together. Participation, I'm, I'm going to do my part. And so more. Communion speaks, you know, your pain's my pain. We, we all feel it together. And then we just going to end off last verse. It says, we are carefully joined together. Come on, say carefully. We are carefully joined together in him. Becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. Come on. Carefully joined together. In other words, guys, the Holy Spirit is working in you. He's drawing you. He's stirring you. He's wanting you to connect with other believers. To experience that fullness of joy, that fullness of life. I want to encourage you. Allow that joining together. Allow God to do this in you. Carefully joined together in Him. We're doing a membership class in two weeks or so. If, if you sense God is drawing you to this house, join us. Become part. If you feel a little bit out in the cold and on your own, why not sign up for a life group? Got different life groups, like for older people, the over thirties, and the <laughs> just kidding. But with different groups, don't walk alone. You're missing out. God wants to pour more of Him into you. How's He going to do it? Probably through another part of the body, another brother or sister in Christ. That's how it works. And that is epic. Amen. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.